Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to this, our latest episode of Ask the Expert. We're talking today about an area of Veolia that not many of our followers are possibly aware that Veolia is heavily, heavily involved. It's a key part of our ecological transformation purpose. And it's all about optimizing resources, enabling waste materials to be repurposed and reused. This is exactly what we do with the paper crumb byproduct generated by British paper mills, turning it into a range of sustainable and high quality livestock bedding products with a range of fabulous benefits. I know that you are going to be surprised and I know you're going to enjoy today's conversation. Joining me today are Stephanie Kerr, Agricultural Sales Coordinator, and Edward Gregg, Operations Manager, to discuss this fascinating side of our business in much more detail. Steph, Edward, would you like to introduce yourself? Steph, you first. Maybe Edward then. Edward. Yes. Hi, Martin. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, Edward Gregg, I'm Operations Manager for um, Organic Waste that, uh, that we recycle within Veolia. Um, I look after a, way, a range of, uh, of waste, but primarily looking after the approximately 120,000 tonnes of paper crumble that uh, is coming out of about six paper mills that we have contracts with currently. That's a big number. Steph, I think it may be my technical uh, glitch there. Hi, thanks, I'll Martin. So, yeah, I'm the Agricultural Sales Coordinator for mainly the poultry side of the paper sales business. Um, so I work very closely with our sister company, Arden Wood Shavings. Fabulous. Thanks. Um, looking forward to speaking to you both today uh, and going into a little bit more detail about all of the, uh, this stuff, because I'm quite sure some people who know Veolia well um, are already surprised that we're talking about animal bedding. First thing I want to do to explore this topic is is talk about Veolia being a provider of livestock products and what exactly these bedding products are made from and how they're produced. Ed, can I ask you? Yes. So um, the paper crumble that we use for uh, inclusion within our bedding products is manufactured can by... Can you hear me now? Oh, yes. <laughs> We've got you there, Steph. Sorry if the gremlins are getting into the machine here. Uh, Ed was just talking to us and explaining about what the product is and, and, and where it comes from. Yes, yeah, so we um, the the paper crumble that we um, include within our um, agri bed and comfort bed comes from a tissue paper manufacture. Um, the tissue paper is made originally from um, recycled paper, so waste or office office paper, household collected cardboard and and paper um, that typically gets. Um, either collected directly or it may even come out of a uh, Veolia recycling um, facility and supplied to to one of our customers um, what they will they will tend to do will they will repulp that product um, and they will extract the fibers out of it that they can then further make tissue paper with um, typically paper can be recycled up up to five times before there's no no significant length of fiber left so, so the crumble that we have is is short fibre. It can no longer be be used to make uh, to make tissue. Um, alongside that that fibre comes a certain amount of um, what I suppose they would call filler. 
So to make um, writing paper and make paper usable, they put filler in there like like lime. So we get the added benefit of fiber and we get lime within our within our product. Uh, I suppose from that from that point, they uh, the mill will will dewater that that product to approximately fifty percent dry solids. Um, we will we will collect that in a in a range of vehicles, but typically in sort of uh, um, articulated tippers or walking floors, and we will transport that to a drying facility. Um, now we've just got ourselves uh, just purchased ourselves this year our new drying facility at at Knotsford. Although we've been operating that with contractors for nearly a year now, we now we now own, own the asset. Being spending a lot of time affecting the performance and the quality that comes that comes out of there. So that site has the capacity to uh, to dry fifty thousand tons of input material, which will produce approximately twenty five thousand tons of bedding. Obviously, drive off an awful lot of water and therefore an awful lot of weight. Um, the system there is the paper is stored at, out, outside when, when we get there, um, and is then with uh, the use of sort of uh, loading loading shovels is put in put into the dryer where the the feed is, is 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 controlled into there. But typically we are drying about ten tons an hour going into the machine. Um, the dryer itself is a trommel, so it's a long cylindrical tumble dryer, if you like that um, has a, a biomass heat source at the front end that produces a heat of up to 550 degrees. Um, the product spends approximately 15, 20 minutes retention time in there, but it's a continuous flow. So that turns and turns until the product reaches the, uh, the dry matter that we acquire. And that's typically around 90% dry solids. So from the point that the, um, the paper crumb enters the dryer it doesn't touch the ground until it goes into our biosecure store um, it goes through um, some dust extraction and some additional sieving just to remove out any any lumps that might come out of it but uh, fundamentally it is 100 percent biosecure when it gets into that store so you know at those at those temperatures of you know 500 550 degrees we are we are killing any any bacteria, virus, or um, or fungal spores that may well be in there. Fabulous! It's a, it always interest, interests me and intrigues me. You know, this is a, a waste material. In in my career, I've I've quoted many a paper mill on sending this stuff to landfill or or lots of other you know end of life um, solutions. Whereas this is, is is actually quite a technical solution. That's been implemented to really add value into a new product. I'm, I'm, I'm really interested, and thanks for for giving us that overview Ed, of of, of, a, uh, of a great process. Steph, I'm going to come to you. Um, can you give us some more of the information, in particular, on the poultry bedding products that Violia are producing and the benefits of them? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Agribed, which is our main product that supplies poultry. Uh, it's an alternative to wood shavings, and because of that, it's quite cost competitive on the market at the moment. Um, we, as Edward said, deliver this in um, bulk nationwide from uh, Cumbria to Devon, and it's got year-round availability. So the re main reasons, though, why it's so good, and uh, broiler units in particular, 
Um, it's got excellent absorbency. So it's made out of a tissue, as Edward said, and because of that, um, it acts like a kitchen roll would. It sucks up water and, it, yeah, it's perfect for the job, basically, in that sense. Um, it's biosecure, which is obviously something that the poultry industry rely on, um, not just in its production, but in its deliveries. We offer a specialist service, um, again, with our sister company, Arden Wood Shavings. They deliver it on their walking floor blowers so the bedding once it's produced doesn't actually see the light of day again until it's come out the other side of a chicken unit um it's not only um biosecure in that sense but it's um a fairly sterile bedding because it's uh, the way it's kiln dried so on top of that it does make it um sterile for the chickens but also comfortable so it keeps them quite comfy which ensures um good chick starts if you spread it at the right depth at the start and another thing that this also helps with um, in the poultry industry there are um, certain marks to be made against uh, a broiler which is a meat chicken uh, they have to have good feet um, to ensure uh, lack of disease such as pododermatitis which is basically a bacteria buildup in the feet um, and this bedding helps ensure that the podo and hot marks stay down and that the chickens don't get bruised because nobody wants to buy a chicken like that looking like that in a supermarket so it's the bedding really that sort of ensures that quality um because it's so absorbent as well there is a severe um reduction in top-up requirements so within the shed there will always be some need for uh top-up bales if for example there's a leak in the shed or there's um water getting in in uh, some capacity there's usually top-up bales required um, and the more absorbent your bedding is the less you need of that so it not only reduces cost but it can reduce labor as well um, it's got an elevated ph because of its higher lime content in it as well um, so again aids reduction in bad bacteria so things like um, not just pododermatitis but any types of um, spores bird flu anything like that it will you know should be effective against um it's easy to spread so it's easy to put in the shed and it's easy to clear out it spreads in just the same way as a wood product would even though it is an alternative source and most importantly it's compliant with defra the rspca and red tractor regulations uh, for use as animal bedding that's incredible it's 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 i'm sure i have one of the best jobs on the planet sometimes you know, working from across all the range of products and, and services that Veolia providers as the head of marketing. Um, and I get to hear words like pododermatitis. Um, see, I've been practicing. Um, and, and the whole conversation we're having here about taking a waste material and creating a product, and not just a product, but a product that's adding real value. You know, I'm really really inspired and, and, and I feel quite, um, yeah, I feel like tomorrow as I'm going around the supermarket doing my, uh, my, my supermarket shopping, I'm going to be looking for the broilers and knowing that, you know, there's a good chance these broilers have been raised on, on a Veolia product. That's, um, that's going to make me even more interesting down the pub than I already am. Um, and you mentioned it's available all year round and I guess that really does help the, the, the farmer that helps, the, the supply chain because they, it, it manages to, to balance a quality that probably wasn't there before, I guess. Um, Steph, 
what types of customers do we work with though? I've started to talk there about supermarkets, pretending I know what I'm talking about, but I don't. So can you tell us, you know, who are the customers we work with and what about these products? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one case study that we've got at the moment and one of our mo more notable projects, um, we're currently working with the UK's uh, largest integrator on their RSPCA higher welfare and slower reared chickens. So these birds are growing at stocking densities of less than 30 kilograms per meter squared. And because of that, they are seen as the sort of the top of the top of chickens. Um, it's also in line with something called the Better Chicken Commitment, which is something that's going around at the moment. Um, the co-op have been the sort of the latest ones to sort of pull their uh, stock in line with that and say that we want to comply to this. And it's probably the way things will go in the future. So these particular birds are reared on our bedding and they go into supply M&S as a supermarket. So we're not only working directly with the farmers, but we're working with the integrator that's supplying the farms um, all the way through to, yeah, to the end of the supermarket, really. Fabulous. That's, that's, it's a great story, isn't it? And, and I'm really, really pleased that we're sharing it with so many people today. Um, while I mention that, if anybody does have any questions, if we have got time at the end, we'd love to answer them for you. So if you do want to add a question into the chat, please do so, and we'll try and answer it if we have time. If not, we'll get to you in terms of a response on the uh, on the feed. There will also be links put into the chat after we've finished to uh, some more information all about what we're talking. Um, we've discussed poultry bedding. Um, we've talked about the uh, the supply chain of where we're getting this material from how we're creating it how we're then delivering it how we're then cleaning up afterwards I i'm guessing because i know this material is is also used for for another life um what other sort of types of livestock bedding do we produce so we um it's just very similar products in that we produce it in the same way, but we also supply it into the dairy sector. Um, it's very similar to things I've mentioned before. It's just with livestock, you can apply it in a different capacity. So for dairy cattle, it's still um, imperative that they have um, good absorbency in their sheds because they don't want to be sleeping on wet bedding. It can produce um, bad bacteria, uh, cause mastitis and the other um and no, nobody wants that for their milk stock. So our bedding, um, because it's got a higher um, pH content and it has a liming effect, um, that also helps keep cell counts down. We've got uh, farmers in the Northwest that have won awards for their um, how good their cell counts are because it all reflects on their milk production and they're using our bedding. We have got two dedicated uh, account managers and experts in the field of um, dairy that can probably tell you a lot more about it than I can, but. Um, mastitis is the main thing for them in that sense that it, it does keep that down it works well in most slurry systems as well and again uh, it's compliant with DEFRA the EA and Red Tractor um, for use as animal bedding under livestock That's great it, it's, it's, I'm just loving this one Ed I'm going to come to you with a question now though um, we've talked as I said about you know the, the production and how it's then used what happens to these products at the end of life though when they've been used as bedding what happens then so typically um certainly well they produce 
in poultry, litter, in dairy cows, farmyard manure or slurry. Um, both of those, and especially um, poultry litter, have a very high nitrogen value to it um, and is a very good um, fertiliser. Obviously, they contain an awful lot of organic matter and a lot of nutrients that plants plants require. So typically, yes, they are they are spread to to land as part of um, yeah, a normal farming farming practice. Mm. Now, I suppose the enhancement that we would that we would add with our with our paper bedding is that is that lime content. So we perhaps add that lime is going back in back into the soil and where 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 land has. Um, an acid type soil um the the uh, the lime effect can help uh, correct ph problems within within land making nutrients more available so it makes it makes a more a more balanced usable litter stroke farmyard manure at the back end that's that's, that's, that's incredible so that's the the, the back onto the land mm. um i've might hear from the accent i'm i'm i'm, I'm somewhere from up north um and I know I've got some friends certainly around the Huddersfield area of farms. Uh, a couple of them got AD facilities. Um, if I'm chatting to them this weekend, which I might be, uh, and having a conversation, is this something, a product, I'm just trying to cross over here, when I, what I do know about AD in this, is it something that could be used in an AD facility? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the poultry litter does does get used in AD facilities and 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 our litter with inclusion of our of our bedding works absolutely fine it works it works really well in fact um there are other other avenues for um poultry litter certainly uh, there are there are companies within uh, within the UK that do actually burn poultry litter because it has quite a high energy value um and they will uh, they will do that exports energy to the grid, and they will also then use the uh, sort of resultant ash as a um, as a soil conditioner and fertilizer as well. And that is something that you know we are looking at as a sort of a, a wider veolia to even make this more sort of circular. That um, paper mills do have a high energy demand for for both electricity and 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 heat, and it, it may be in the future that you know we. We, we actually supply them with the raw ingredients to make their tissue paper. We recover their short fibres and turn it into bedding and then, again, recover the litter, um, incinerate it, recover the energy, supply that to the paper mill and even at the back end of that still make an organo-mineral fertiliser that could be supplied back, back to farmers. So truly a, a circular solution for, uh, for a waste paper product. You're going to make marketers have to work really hard now as we have to find another phrase for the ultimate circular economy. <laughs> the closed loop of uh, <laughs> a closed loop of all closed loops. But is that, Steph, I sort of reading your body language, a lot like you wanted to say something there. Is there anything else that we could be doing with this? Yeah, so there is something quite exciting that we're working on as well um, in another division of our team, and that's biochar. So it enhances soil through fertilizing fertilizing it but it's made off the back of um poultry litter through pyrolysis so that's burning it essentially to make it into an almost charcoal substance um it's a recognized carbon removal method but the really exciting part is it generates a lot of heat to make that so in theory we could have these on farm burning our litter that then you know is going through and that heat is heating that poultry unit in place to keep those chickens warm for the next crop so it is a full circular economy of what can happen on the farm 
it's a real Veolia solution, isn't it? You, what you've just said, you know, we're depolluting because we're we're removing the the, the, the fertilizing material that, that's heavy in phosphates, etc., but from it in a natural way. It's decarbonizing if we've been able to use it as a heat source rather than using fossil fuels. And it's resource regeneration to the max. Um, you're a great team. I really appreciate what you're doing there and, and the, these ideas. Um, but like most other sectors, you know, agriculture is under pressure, isn't it, to improve its environmental performance. And I guess we've just touched that there's ways they're doing that. But um, is it really sustainable? And does it really fit in as a sustainable future product? What do you uh, think, so, yeah, um, I think it does, because although... You know, technically it is a waste product, but that waste product can get used twice, three times. And we've just said it can be a real circular economy from start to finish. And it's, you know, it's being saved going to landfill. We can use it as a bedding. It can then get burnt. It could go in an AD plant through a slurry system. However you want to get rid of it, it's still got a benefit off the back of the original benefit. So we are always looking at ways we can expand these things as well. Like I said, with the biochar um organic mineral fertilizers there's all sorts of options that you can look to use it with and yeah it I, for that reason i would say it's a very sustainable product amazing great it's going to have a big impact isn't it as, as more and more farmers turn towards it uh, what would you add to that i think also what i'd like to add as well is um, we are looking with our own um, internal compliance team at getting um, an end of waste status for this you know it does does re replace other other bedding products di directly, and if, if we can achieve um, an end of waste status, it just makes the uh, the process of selling it. It gives us the opportunity to even export it, and you know we're having conversations with uh, with people in Ireland as well, um, and you know they're they're big in dairy, they're big in poultry, so it just opens up markets for us all over the place. Yeah, uh, incredible story. Thank you very much, both of you, for sharing this with us, uh, and I hope. As many people are as excited and as, as intrigued and inspired by this as I am. Um, we haven't got much more time, so I'm going to have to close. But um, I really want to say thank you to you both. I'll say I found that extremely interesting. And I'm sure plenty of our viewers and the future listeners of our podcast will find it interesting too. If you'd like to get in touch to find out more, please click on the links in the comments below and fill out the inquiry form and we'll find out your question and find you an answer our next episode of ask the expert will be taking place during recycle week in october let's see if they can find a more recycling story than you two and it's going to feature a very very special guest follow us to make sure you don't miss out as and when the more details are released it'll be on our linkedin page so don't forget to listen back don't forget to follow us and don't forget to join in next time we have an episode of Ask the Expert. Thank you very much, everybody. Have a great weekend.